The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with a program to educating the general public on issues, concerns and also questions that they may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored and brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, may peace be unto him. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is also spread across over 200 countries and we are a peace-loving community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to send in your question or concern, please do so via WhatsApp. And the number is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. Today on the program, we are looking at one important topic which transcends across all religions. It is a fact that Jesus Christ, may peace be upon him, who is referred to in the Holy Quran as Isa, holds a very important place in today's religion. And he is also arguably one of the personalities whose identity is most debatable across Christianity, Islam, and also in Judaism, particularly concerning his birth, his death, and also his divinity. There are a lot of people who have different, you know, views and perspective about Jesus Christ, either being Christians, Muslims, or um, Jews. Today on the program, we shall be looking at the death of Jesus Christ. May peace be upon him. It is generally believed by Christians that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save mankind of our sins. And the Holy Quran disproves such a notion the Quran clearly states that Jesus Christ was not killed on the cross. Attempt was made to kill him on the cross. However, he did not die on the cross. So to discuss this topic, I am joined by Imam Talha Ali. Um, Imam Talha Ali is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community who is the current president and missionary in charge of our community in the Philippines. Prior to that, he also had the opportunity to serve in the USA and also uh, a brief period in Ghana. Imam Talha, if you can hear me, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to our program. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah, peace and blessings of God upon you and upon all the listeners in Jamaica. And thank you for having me in your program. Thank you very much. And also, we are very much pleased to have you on today's program. And uh, we, as I said, we are going to talk about a very crucial 
um, topic which is at the center of most religions particularly um, with reference to Christianity and the topic is about the death of Jesus Christ may peace be upon him as I said a lot of Christians believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save mankind of the sin and by the sin they refer to the sin that was committed according to them in the garden of Eden by Adam and Eve and then God could not forgive us unless he sent his one and only son to come and die for us to uh, be saved. The Holy Quran contrarily states something different and even before we go to the Holy Quran the Bible also has several aspects that show that um, it might not be possible that he died on the cross and it is for this reason that we have you today to discuss such you know a vital topic and also bearing in mind that most of our listeners are Christians to begin with let me ask you what is the importance of discussing such a topic particularly referring to the death of Jesus Christ may peace be upon him what makes this an important topic as a religious person so this is a very good question and uh, you alluded to the answer already in your introduction that Jesus, uh, may peace be upon him, uh, his life is a very controversial life. His birth, his life, and then his death are very controversial. That is why the Holy Quran especially mentions him, him by name and says that uh, blessings be upon him when he was born, when he uh, died, and when he will be raised again in heaven. And the reason for that is that the three Abrahamic religions, that is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all these three religions have a different understanding of who Jesus was, how he was born, how he lived his life, and how he died. And the reason this uh, is very important topic, this, important is so to, uh, this topic is so important, is because a lot of the theology of these three Abrahamic religions, their theology depend uh, concerning this very life, the life in this world, as well as the life in the afterlife depends on this. So let me explain this a bit more. So when Jesus appeared, at that time, there was no Christianity, there was no Islam. Uh, when we talk about the Abrahamic religions, yeah. there was only Judaism at that time. So the Jews, they were waiting for a Messiah, a Messiah figure. So Jesus came and he claimed to be that Messiah. Now I said his birth was controversial. Sure. So his birth was controversial because the Jews said that Jesus' birth was an adulterous birth, that he was not a legitimate son of his mother. Whereas we, the Muslims and the Christians, we believe that he was born uh, through Virgin Mary without the agency of any father, of any yeah. human father. Right? Now, the Christians believe that, uh, so that is about his uh, life, so, but I, uh, his birth. His birth. I will not yeah. go too much into that detail because that is not our topic today. Our topic is about his death. Now, we, if, if we believe in Jesus to be a historical figure, which the majority of the people, whether even they're atheists or not, they do believe that there was a historical Jesus and he was crucified. Now, the question is, that why does this become so important, the topic of his death? And the reason it becomes so important is because Jews were waiting for a Messiah. But according to their scripture, they put the person who claimed to be that Messiah, that is Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, yeah. on the cross. Now, if he actually died on the cross, that proves according to the Jews, according to Judaism, that he was a false claimant of prophethood. He was a false claimant of being a Messiah. So I will quote to you verse of the uh, Holy Bible. This is in Deuteronomy, which is part of the Pentateuch, which is a part of Torah, if you're a Muslim. Yeah. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. And this is not something that is only mentioned in Old Testament. 
even New Testament, uh, Paul in his letter to the Galatians, he says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That is Galatians chapter 3, verse number 13, saying of St. Paul. Now, if he was actually hanged on the tree and he became cursed, according to Jews, that is proof enough for them to not believe in Jesus. So their theology, their spirituality tells them that they do not, they do not have to believe in Jesus because a person came, he claimed that I am the Messiah. So to test that hypothesis, to test his claim, they put him on crucifixion. They crucified him. And because he died on the, uh, uh, on the cross, that proves to them that he was a, a cursed person and a cursed person by definition is a person who is away from God, who is not a holy person. So Jews on the day of judgment can say to God, that God, a person came to us, his name was Jesus, he claimed I'm the same Messiah that you are waiting for. But we put him on cross, he died on the cross, and hence this is our proof that he was the true Messiah. So that is why it is such an important question for the Jews of this world. For the Christians, like you have very beautifully explained already in the introduction, their whole concept of atonement, the whole concept of salvation depends on the death of Jesus. Yeah. According to them, there is the original sin, like you explained, that original sin could not be uh, forgiven by God. So that why, that's why God sent Jesus, his only begotten son, now Zubillah, uh, uh, God forbid, to the world. And he was put on the cross and he became a ransom for the sins of mankind. So anyone who believes that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he will receive salvation. So then it becomes a question of salvation, whether if Jesus did die on the cross and uh, uh, then uh, either he was a liar, the Jews believe, or like Christians, they believe that he was uh, a person who was sent as a ransom for our sins. But now Muslims believe in something else. Now, the majority of the Muslims, not including the Ahmadiyya Muslim community to which me and you belong to, yeah. uh, majority of the Muslims, they believe that Jesus was a historical figure he was put, uh, the Jews did want to put him on the cross or the Romans did want to put him on the cross. But according to the majority of the Muslims, they believe that a person who looked alike Jesus, he was a lookalike of Jesus. And most of them say it was Judas. Uh, he was the one who was put on the cross and Jesus was taken literally to heaven and he will come back in the latter days as a Muslim and he will fight the Antichrist, the Dajjal, and he will, be, and he will take Islam to the glory days. So the concept of what happened to Jesus, whether he was put on the cross or not, becomes very important for Muslims. Now the Ahmadiyya Muslims, uh, we believe that Jesus was put on cross. So we do not believe like the other Muslims that someone who looked like Ju uh, Jesus, Judas or someone else was put on the cross. But we actually believe like you very uh, beautifully explained that uh, they wanted to crucify him, but they were not able to do so. And we believe that Jesus survived the cross he was brought down alive from the cross and then he went in search of the 10 lost tribes of the children of Israel who had been taken into captivity at the time of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. And then uh, they, they migrated east and they had dispersed east. So Hazrat Isa al-Islam, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, he went in search of them uh, towards east and then he finally died a natural death. And uh, according to us, he's buried in Srinagar, Kashmir. To answer, you, so to answer your question, that this is so important because a lot of the theology of the three Abrahamic religions about salvation, about what will happen in the latter days, depends on the, on the case of what happened to Jesus on the cross. 
Thank you very much. And um, at this point, let me intervene for my listeners. You have raised three crucial points. You have uh, stated that uh, according to the Jews, their purpose or their notion, they thought that um, Jesus Christ may peace upon him. First of all, you said they doubt. They had doubt about his birth as to whether he was legitimately born or not. And that also claiming to be a prophet, they had issue with it. But then they realized that in their scriptures, there is a saying that a person who claims to be a prophet who is not or a person who is false can be killed by way of crucifixion. So they tried to implement it. And that is why they put him on the cross. Now, according to them, wh what you said is that um, if he died on the cross, then that justifies the assertion of the Jews. You have also mentioned that other Muslims, apart from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, they believe that Jesus Christ did not die on the cross, just like the Holy Quran says. However, they think or they believe that somebody who looked alike like him was exchanged for jesus christ may peace be upon him and then you are giving the ahmadiyya muslim communities you know uh point on the same subject which believes that he himself was put on the cross however they did not succeed in killing him on the cross this is quite quite interesting and i believe most of my listeners would find this so strange i'm hearing this for the first time so you have beautifully explained all these um, the different perspectives and also the different thoughts that other um, religions, the Judea, I mean Judaism, the Jews, Christians, and also different Muslims also have about it. And as we say, opinions are like noses. Everybody would say they are entitled to their opinion. How do we know from a, a neutral seeker of knowledge or a, a neutral seeker of truth point of view? How do you know which of these accounts, which of these versions is the correct, particularly proving it from the Bible and other historical, you know, narrations? So you're very uh, correct that everyone has their own opinions. But like you said, opinions don't matter when uh, in front of facts, in front of truth. Sure, sure. So we need to some, we need a way to somehow figure out what is the truth. So like you. Uh, so if you're talking to a, a Jewish person for him what is mentioned what the christians believe in the that he died for our sin that is not a proper uh, uh argument for them because they will say it is not mentioned in their books yeah now if you're talking to a christian and if i start quoting the holy quran to him that the holy quran says that jesus has died uh the christian would tell me that i do not believe in the holy quran how can i listen to you so if we are it depends on who we are talking to so since you said in the beginning that most of our listeners are Christians, so it is very important that we talk about the death of Jesus from the point of view of what the Bible says, the New Testament, the Gospels. How, what do they say about the uh, crucifixion event? What do they say about the death of Jesus Christ? Not only for the Christians, but even for a neutral uh, observer, Bible plays a very important role. Because even if you are an atheist and you do not believe in Bible to be the word of God, Bible still plays an important, uh, Bible is still a very important historical document. You know, it was written, uh, let's say, even if a hundred uh, plus years after death of Jesus, that still makes it a very recent document. It is one of the primary documents which concerns us when it, when it comes to talking about the death of Jesus. Yeah. So in my point, uh, from uh, in my understanding, one of the best ways to discuss the death of Jesus is in the light of what is written in the Bible, but we should uh, observe the writing of the Bible not as a believer, not as a Christian, not as a person who believes in the 
theology of Bible, but as a neutral observer. Okay. That what the Bible says, we should try to put that on the test of our logic and common sense. And then we should make a decision whether what the events are mentioned, does that uh, tell us that Jesus died or he survived? Yeah, so what does the Bible say? I mean, what are some of the evidence um, that show that um, truly he did not die based on the, the point of view that we would want to take as a neutral person, particularly focusing on um, before the event of crucifixion, during the event of crucifixion and also after the event of the crucifixion and, I mean, based your arguments on the, on the Bible? So uh, I think the first thing we can look at, there are various ways to uh, uh, tackle this question, to look at this question. So I think one of the first thing we can look at is that Christians say that Jesus wanted to die on the cross. That was the very purpose of his coming. That the reason Jesus was sent to the earth by God, his father, uh, was so that he can die on the cross. But when we look at the Bible, we see that it is not correct. And I will present to you one or two arguments uh, before the crucifixion that prove that Jesus did not want to die on the cross and that was not his mission. The first uh, argument that I want to present in front of you is the sign of Jonah. So this is mentioned in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 38 to 40. So Matthew 12, 38 to 40. And I will read from the New International Version. That's where I got my translation. Yeah. It says, then some of the scribes and Pharisees, these are different groups uh, within the Jews, they answered him saying, teacher, we wish to see a sign from you that you claim to be the Messiah, so show us a sign. So Jesus answered, but he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So now the Bible is full of various signs that Jesus brought people to life. Jesus had very little bit of uh, bread and fish and yeah. that became enough for many people. Uh, he, he took out demons from people, etc., etc. But Jesus is very clearly mentioning here, saying here that you are asking me for signs, but only one sign will be shown to you. And that is the greatest of my, all, all of my signs. And that sign is just how prophet Jonah he was, according to Bible, in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. I will be in the belly of the earth the same way uh, for, uh, for three days and three nights. Now, the Christians say that this proved that Jesus knew that he was sent to the world to die. That is why he's saying that this is my sign to prove to you that I'm the Messiah. But just by looking at this, we know that this argument, this logic is wrong. Why this is wrong? is because Prophet Jonah, when he was, according to Bible, when he was eaten by the fish, the Holy Quran also mentions the story of Prophet Jonah, but the Holy Quran does not put the time limit of three days and three nights. Yeah. This is something which is only mentioned in Bible. Now, the main point is that in the Bible, when Jesus was in the, uh, when, sorry, when Prophet Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, was he alive or was he dead? He was alive. That is the whole miracle. The miracle was that Jonah was eaten by a fish and he did not die for a single second. The miracle of Prophet Jonah was not that he died in the belly of the fish and then he came back to life. That is wrong. Every person who reads the Bible, whether he's a Jew or a Christian, they all agree that J Prophet Jonah went in alive into the belly of the fish. He remained alive in the belly of the fish and he came alive outside from the belly of the fish. So what, what you are saying actually is that Jesus Christ, he compared his situation to that of Jonah. 
and since Jonah did not die in the belly of the of the whale, it is important that he should not die in the in the belly of the earth. And if he died, why Jonah did not die? Then there is no comparison to be made. Exactly, exactly. And the Christians, uh, they want to make a completely opposite comparison. According to them, the comparison is that Jesus would die on the cross, and then he would be dead for three days, and then he would be resurrected. But that is not what happened with Jonah. If no. you want to compare the two things, they must be equal, or sure. they must be congruent to at least some degree. right? But here, if we believe the Christian belief, there is no comparison whatsoever. But if we believe the Ahmadiyya point of view, which is that Jesus was put on the cross, but he survived, and he was in a very weak situation, but he did not die. He was still alive for three days. And then he became fully well and he went to continue his mission. Then the comparison is complete. So uh, this very uh, saying of Jesus, which is mentioned again, Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 to 40, is a proof that Jesus knew that he will be crucified, but he will survive the crucifixion, just like Jonah survived the belly of the whale. And yeah. the same way how Jonah continued afterwards his mission as a prophet, same way Jesus would continue his mission afterwards and he would be alive during those three days. Another point I want to focus on before crucifixion is that according to Christians, the very purpose of Jesus' coming, like I said earlier, was to die for the sins of the people, that he was sent as a ransom for yeah. the sins. But if that was his mission, then he should be very uh, excited to fulfill his mission. He was the son of God. He was according to Christian, a God himself who was confined in the body of men. So that was punishment enough already for a God. Nauzubillah, God forbid. <laughs> that, you know, you're a God, but you have to be confined into a, uh, into a human place yeah. where you suffer and you have to go through, you have to eat, you have to suffer hunger, you have to suffer sleep, you have to suffer weakness, all of those things. So that is punishment enough. So if the whole mission of Jesus as the son of God was to die for our sins, then he must be very excited when the opportunity comes. Yeah. But we notice that that is not true. That when the opportunity does come, Jesus takes all possible precautions not to die on the cross. Jesus, first of all, tries to hide you know, in the garden and uh, so that people cannot catch him. He's only caught by the Romans because of Judas' uh, treachery, because he, uh, he tells them where Jesus is hiding. So Jesus is trying to take all the precautions so he's not arrested by the Jews and the Romans. That's quite 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 important and also interesting uh, point you have you have made that if he was willing to die, then of course he should have willingly offered himself and said, Okay, here I am, kill me to you know um, relieve mankind of their sin. But from the incident you were given, he was hiding and Christians, you hardly will see any Christian. I haven't seen any Christian naming their children after Judas because they think Judas, you know, betrayed Jesus Christ. And he betrayed, betrayed him from what you are saying because Jesus Christ was hiding and he went to show them where he was hiding. And that, from what you are saying, means that he was not willing to die on the cross. Exactly. And then it's not that only he's trying to uh, take precautions not to die, yeah. but he knows that he might be arrested. So he's praying fervently to God, that God, please save me. And this is mentioned in different Gospels of the Bible. Yeah. It is mentioned in Matthew chapter 26. This is mentioned in uh, Luke chapter 22. It is mentioned in John chapter 11. That uh, Jesus said that while he's hiding in the gardens in uh, Gethsemane, uh, Jesus prays to God. And so I will quote to you some of the verses yeah. for, uh, from Matthew chapter uh, 38. He says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. And then he prayed to God, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That he's praying to God that, please, God, I do not want to die. Let this cup pass from me. I do not want to be crucified. 
my father, if this cannot pass unless I bring it, only then your will will be done. Then in Luke, it is mentioned, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours will be done. And then it says an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Meaning, you know, uh, all the people who study spirituality, yeah. they know that angels, when you're praying, God sends angels. This is mentioned in Quran also. This is mentioned in the Bible also. That if you're praying and your prayers are accepted, then God sends angels to strengthen you in your prayer. And it mentions that after the angel appeared, Jesus started praying even more, meaning he received strength. So this is very clear signs that it was not Jesus' mission to die on the cross. Jesus wanted to survive. Jesus kept on praying to uh, God, to his, uh, who he calls, according to biblical uh, metaphor, Father. The Father, please take this cup away from me. I do not want to die. I do not want to be crucified. Thank you very much, um, Imam Talha, for the wonderful exposition and also the beautiful explanation you have given. But then um, we are not done yet. We need to prove beyond any reasonable doubt that um, the point of view held by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community as to the uh, possibility of Jesus Christ not dying on the cross. Of course, I'm using possibility because um, the listeners will, will just take it as possibility. But then from the Holy Quran, it is categorically stated that he did not die on the cross. And uh, we need to prove it beyond any reasonable doubt. What are some of the events that happened during the crucifixion, which, you know, throws support to everything you have said? So now let's, uh, you know, this is a very important event in the Christian faith. Uh, they celebrate it every year as Easter, as Good Friday. Yeah. So let us discuss that in some detail uh, sure. from, from Bible. Yeah. So first of all, we need to understand why Jesus was even put on the cross. So at that time, Jerusalem was under the Roman control. It yeah. was the Roman army, uh, Roman Empire, and Jerusalem was a province of that. And Herod was the emperor of uh, the Roman Empire. And Pilate, Pontius Pilate, was the governor of that area. Okay, So the, the Jews, they went to Pontius Pilate, who was the governor of that area, and they told him that this person, he's claiming to be Messiah. He's claiming to be the king of the uh, children of Israel. And he's, uh, he, uh, he tells us not to pay taxes, now, uh, which is a wrong uh, claim. And he tells us all of these things. Basically, they uh, filed a complaint of treason, and uh, um, and uh, corruption against Jesus. The Jesus claims to be a king, and he is going against the Roman Empire. So this put the governor of that place, Pontius Pilate, in a very difficult situation, because he knew that the Jews were lying. But if he did not do anything, then the emperor Herod will be angry with him, because this person, according to the Jews, is uh, creating problems for uh, for the Roman Empire. Is claiming to be a king of the Jews who will give them, uh, who will take them out of slavery, who will bring back the kingdom of David, so on and so forth. But Pilate very well knew that the claims of the Jews is not correct. And we learned this from the Bible. For example, it is mentioned that when, when this matter was brought in front of uh, Pilate, his wife, she sent a message to Pilate saying that do not kill this person. I have seen a dream about this person, that this person is a righteous person and we should not kill, uh, do anything against him. This is mentioned, all of these things are mentioned in Matthew uh, chapter 27. So the verse 18 reads of Matthew chapter 27, verse 18. Yeah. For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. That Pilate knew that the Jews has handed over Jesus to him out of self-interest. 
while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, don't have any to, anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. And then it goes on that uh, Pilate asked those people, why, what crime has he committed? Pilate asked him. And uh, Jews did not make any reply, but they kept on telling Pilate to kill him. And then when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hand in front of the crowd and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. And then the people replied, his blood is on us and on our children. So now the reason I have mentioned all of this is yeah. that if Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus was carried out by the Roman soldiers, but the person who was in charge of the crucifixion was not interested in this. So now imagine if you are given any punishment uh, by the uh, government of Jamaica, but the government is not interested in punishing you. They're only doing it because of outside pressure. They will try to make it as easy on you as possible. Sure. And we will, we will notice this in the events of crucifixion that Pilate did not want anything to do with this. And Pilate tried to make it as much easy for Jesus as possible. For example, Pilate gave them the option. There was another prisoner by the name of Jesus. He said, I can free one of the two Jesus for you. One, of, one is Jesus Barabbas, who is known as a very, uh, uh, very uh, uh, he's a known criminal in this area. Or I can free this person, Jesus of Nazareth. And they said, no, you can free Jesus Barabbas, but you cannot free Jesus of Nazareth. So it is very clear that the governor of that area, he did not want to um, uh, punish Jesus in any way. And in one of the gospels, not in Matthew and John, it is mentioned that he even sent him to Herod, the emperor, uh, uh, and uh, to, to see uh, if Herod can uh, forgive Jesus. But Herod also did not want anything to do with that. So he sent the case back to Pontius Pilate. Interesting. So to take some points from what you have said, um, also, as I said, being standing in for the listeners, contrary to the belief that Jesus Christ himself willingly came and he accepted a death on the cross upon himself, what you have proven from the Bible is that it was a mere allegation which was placed on him in order to implicate him and kill him because one of them was that he had called himself um, a king, king of kings. And again, you have stated that Pilate, the one who was at the, the realm of affairs, who could have given the order for him to be killed, he himself was not, he did not find Jesus Christ guilty and was not interested in his um, being murdered. However, due to the pressure on, the, I mean on him by the people, he did not also want to do otherwise so that a formal complaint would be filed against him to his superior that he has supported somebody who has claimed to be a king of kings. What you said in the latter part of your, your discussion is that it is possible or he did everything he could to save Jesus Christ from that death on the blind side of the people who were agitating that he should be killed. You gave the example of his wife coming to, I mean, uh, say he should not have anything on, I mean, for, on the death of Jesus Christ and also the wife, I mean, persuading him and then he washed his hand, clear, clear himself from the, the situation. Now, let's, let's, let's look at this critical point. I want you to take us through um, crucifixion. What is crucifixion? And then also, you would let us know how a person is crucified. 
what constitute a person being said to have been crucified. And then we will put it to the test of Jesus Christ and see whether actually he went through everything you said. So take us through crucifixion. What is it? Okay. So um, before I uh, mention the crucifixion events, let me tell you yeah. a very interesting story that happened with me in the Philippines. Sure. So in the Philippines, uh, as you know, Philippines is a Catholic country yeah. and uh, it's majority Catholics. So uh, there was a medical student. He was studying in a medical college and uh, he uh, came to talk to us about uh, in our uh, mosque to talk to us about this topic. And he had given some speeches in his church, which was on YouTube already. Um, where he talked about the crucifixion event from the point of view of a medical science. Yeah. So I talked to him when I talked to him uh, uh, on that day, I remember in our mosque, I told him that we will discuss the crucifixion event, but I don't want you to think like a Christian. You are a medical student. I want you to think like a medical student. Yeah. In medical science, you have, uh, uh, you, have, uh, uh, you have case study. So basically you will be given the symptoms of a person and then you have to figure out what, uh, what disease he has. Sure. Or in the same way, I asked that person that I will, we will discuss the crucifixion events. Then as a medical student, you tell me if I tell you that this, all of this happened to one person, would he be died, dead in the end or would he be alive? Yeah. And so I, I want our listeners to have the same mentality. Even sure. if they're not medical students, do not think about the crucifixion story from the point of view of a Christian. Think of this as a normal human being. That if a normal human being suffered through this, would he be dead or would he be alive? Okay. What are the more chances of this? So now you ask me about what is crucifixion? So crucifixion is nothing new. It was not that Jesus was the first and the last person to be crucified. Crucifixion was a common punishment under Roman law, even before Roman law, but it was made, uh, 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 it was made into a very severe punishment during the Roman law and it continued in the Roman Empire until the fourth century after Christ. So uh, crucifixion, where there are thousands and thousands of examples of people who have been crucified. Yeah. So now the way a person is crucified is that a person is first, a person is flogged. So we see the same thing about Jesus. So let's do a timeline of what happened to Jesus on Good Friday uh, or on the Friday when Jesus was crucified. So according to Bible, at 6 a.m. in the morning, Jesus was, Jesus was presented in front of Pontius Pilate. Now, the back and forth between the uh, Pilate and the Jews continued for three hours. According to the Gospel of Luke, he was sent to Herod, and then Herod returned him, and then it went on in, uh, back and forth. Now, according to the uh, uh, Bible, at 8 a.m. in the morning, Jesus is taken to the, uh, to the Calvary. Calvary is a, a means like, a, like an army ground. At this place, Jesus was flogged. Now, flogging means that there is a, a in the olden times, especially when there was metal was not so common, people used to take uh, some kind of hard ball kind of thing and they used to have ship, uh, sheep uh, bones or if it's metal, then nails, something like that. And a person will be whipped with that in the back. So the same thing happened when Jesus, the Jesus uh, Christ, peace be upon him, was uh, flogged. Uh, now, we do not know the exact number of how many times he was flogged by uh, flogged, but according to the Jewish law, a person cannot be flogged more than 40 times. So 39 is the maximum number a person can be flogged. Okay. Whether Jesus was punished according to Jewish law or not, we do not know. It is not mentioned in the Bible. But this is one clue we have is that according to the Jewish law, a person can be flogged 39 times. So either 39 times or less or more, Jesus was flogged. 
Now, flogging, uh, the, you do not lose a lot of blood. What happens in flogging is that those sheep bones or those nails, they go into your back and when they're taken out, they rip your flesh out. So you do bleed, but according to medical science, and I'm quoting all of these things I'm quoting are from a medical journal, which I downloaded uh, uh, from the, uh, uh, it's called, the article is called Resurrection or Resuscitation. And this was published in the, um, this was published in the Journal of Royal College of Physicians of London on 2nd April 1991. There was okay. a medical article written about this topic and they have mentioned uh, all the medical things that I will tell you are taken from this article. Okay. So uh, it was mentioned that uh, uh, so Jesus was flogged uh, 39 times less or more. We do not know the exact number from Bible, but he was flogged. This happened at 8 a.m. Then at 9 a.m., the third hour, as it is mentioned in Jesus, now it is very clear, everyone exists, agrees on this, that the third hour in the Jewish time uh, would mean uh, 9 a.m. in the morning. It was 9 a.m. in the morning that Jesus was crucified. But the problem is that the Gospels do not agree about the timing. Now, according to the uh, Gospel of uh, um, uh, uh, Gospel of Mark, and uh, this happened at the third hour at 9 a.m., but according to, uh, 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 according to the gospel of uh, john it happened at the sixth hour 12 o'clock so whether it happened at nine o'clock or 12 o'clock for the sake of argument we will give the benefit of doubt to our christian listeners that he was put on cross at 9 a.m and okay. not 12 a.m okay. so he was put on cross at 9 a.m in the morning according to the gospel of mark now what is cross cross says so before that from the calvary ground jesus had to take you know cross is a t-shaped thing so what they have is they have po they have put these posts in the earth in the ground, but the uh, the T shape the uh, the horizontal uh, uh, the horizontal side of the cross the person has to carry himself. So Jesus was made to carry the horizontal part of the cross from uh, 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 from Calvary to the place where he was being crucified, and the distance we do not know the exact exact distance, but according to uh, uh, one uh, uh, study I saw, it was a 550 to 600 meters. Okay. But Jesus said, I'm so weak, I cannot carry this. So somebody else carried the cross for Jesus, according to Bible. Yeah. So by, uh, so then at nine, ninth hour, Jesus is brought there and uh, Jesus uh, uh, is hanged on the cross. And the way hanging of the cross is done, it's not like punishment by hanging, where a noose is uh, put around your neck and you die of strangulation. No. No. A person is put on the cross and he's nailed on the cross. So attend, uh, right above your wrist in your forearm, uh, they put a nail on both of your hands and then they cross your legs and they put a nail on your, uh, they cross your knees and they put uh, nails on your ankles. So a person, he's put on the cross and he's on his own weight. And then a person does not die there. I, uh, in that medical journal, it is mentioned that no, uh, Nobody knows exactly why a person dies from the cross, uh, on the cross. It is not due to uh, uh, a singular reason. A person can die of dehydration. A person can die of lack of breath. A person can die because of blood pressure. A person can die because of heart attack, because he's so weak. A person can die because not enough oxygen is going to his head. But whatever happens, it is a very slow procedure. It takes from half a day to four days for a person to die. When I say half a day, it does not mean that a person can die naturally on the cross in half an hour, uh, in half a day. What that means is that if a person in the Roman time, if they wanted to kill someone quickly, 
they would make some, they would uh, change the situation in some way so that a person dies quickly. Yeah. Some of the ways they used to do that is by breaking the legs. Another way they used to do that is by burning fire around the person so that all the smoke goes into the person's lungs and he dies because of that. But if a person, nothing is done to that person and he's put left on the cross, the way Jesus was just left on the cross, then a person does not die in half a day. A person does not die in three hours or four hours. It takes three to four days for a person to die very slowly, very painfully. So now in the case of the Jesus, in the case of Jesus, we see that Jesus was put on the cross at 9 a.m. Now, at the sixth hour, which means at 12 o'clock at yes. noon, uh, darkness came over the land. There was an eclipse. This is mentioned in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verse 33. Yeah. It says, at noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani. My Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken so there was an eclipse from uh, 12 o'clock uh, 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 from the noon time until 3 p.m. in the afternoon for three hours, there was an eclipse. Now, why is this eclipse so important? The eclipse is so important because like I mentioned, Jesus was put on the cross on Friday. I think this, this is my personal opinion. I think this was on purpose by Pilate, yeah. by Pontius Pilate, because he knew that Jews have this law that they cannot have a person hanging on the cross on the night of the Sabbath. And Sabbath starts at sunset on Friday. So he knew that Jesus will be only on the cross only for one day. So a person can die from that, but not naturally. But Allah, uh, God uh, changed the situation in a way that there was an eclipse at from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. It became so dark that it was hard to tell whether this is it's sunset already or okay. not. So the Jewish people who were there, they were uh, they wanted to uh, uh, take him off the cross as soon as possible. Okay. So uh, what I'm trying to say is yeah. that Jesus was only on the cross for a maximum of three to six hours. If we take the 9 a.m. Uh, timing and uh, 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 then he was on the cross only for six hours till 3 p.m. If we take the 12 p.m. timing, according to the Gospel of John, then he was only on the cross for three hours. Even if we take six hours, a person, according to the uh, uh, according to way crucifixion is done, cannot die. That is what I was talking about in the beginning. Okay, okay. When I presented all of this to that medical student, in the end, he had to say that, yes, I agree that a person cannot die from this much uh, uh, pain in six hours. So I said, why do you believe that Jesus died? He said, well, it says in the Bible that he took a breath and he let his soul go. So I said, this is not rational anymore. Now you are saying, you're talking about from what you believe in, that Jesus wanted to give away his soul. Jesus wanted to give away his spirit. So I said, if you want to believe in, uh, that, is, uh, that is your belief, that he took a breath and he let go of his soul. Now it does not have any, if, if you're trying to talk to a, a uh, Muslim or a Jewish person, they would not believe that because according to them, this was not the purpose of Jesus. If we're talking from a scientific point of view, from a rational point of view, from a common sense point of view, it is very clear that a person cannot die in six hours. So you have, you have given us a lot, a lot, and um, you have um, actually shed light on crucifixion and also how a person is crucified and um, actually what happened to Jesus Christ may peace be upon him. You also stated that um, 
there were if he was not the only person who was put on the cross you stated it somewhere but then interestingly the other two gentlemen who were placed on the cross alongside with Jesus Christ by the same time frame did not die Jesus Christ was at, at his primary age of about 33 years uh, from the Bible and at 33 a person is at his prime time where he's if you look at sports and other things people who excel in sports they do it within that age group where their energy is at its peak so if the other two did not die within that same time frame the question would be what might have killed jesus christ from the christian point of view exactly exactly like you 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 made a very nice a very good point uh, sorry i forgot to mention this so now we come to what happened after crucifixion so you have already uh, so we have already discussed that at the th ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. Uh, on the Friday, it is very clear that there was an earth in the Bible. It is mentioned that there was an earthquake and Jesus was already taken down from the cross. Now, when he was taken down from the cross, like you mentioned, there were other two uh, people who were put on cross at that time as well. Both of them were alive and their legs had to be broken for them to die. So I will read to you the verses of the Bible which uh, talk about this phenomena. Yeah. This is mentioned in John chapter 19, verses 31 to 34. There are two important things mentioned in these verses. I will mention them here. Uh, it says, verse 31, Now it was the day of preparation, and then the next day was a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. So now this is very clear that the Jews know that a person cannot die so fast. That is why they do not want him to be on the cross on the Sabbath. They went to Pilate and they said, now take their bodies down. It's already 3 p.m. There is an eclipse. Let's break their legs. And by breaking their legs, let's kill them. The soldier, uh, now verse 32, the soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they, when they came to Jesus, and found that he was already dead, they did not break his leg. Now, those soldiers, they were not medical doctors. If a person he looks like he is unconscious, they do not know that if the person is uh, uh, medically dead or not. But it, God wanted, made it look like Jesus was dead. And there's no doubt, we Ahmadis also believe that those people who were in attendance, they thought that Jesus did die on the cross. There's no doubt about that. We believe that. But medically speaking, the, it does not make sense that Jesus was dead at that time. And the Jews knew that. That is why when they went to Pilate, according to John, according to the Gospel of John, they asked the uh, Pilate to break the legs. But the legs were broken only of the two thieves and not of Jesus. Now, verse 34 of the same chapter, chapter 19 of uh, Gospel of John says, Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Now, sudden flow. Now, this is New International Version. If you uh, read the King James Version, it says gushed forth, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But even uh, from this point, it says sudden flow. Now, a person who is dead cannot have a sudden flow of blood and water. Why? Because the reason our blood flows is because of our heart. If our heart is pumping, then we will have the flow of blood. But if we die and our heart is no longer pumping, there will be no flow of blood in our body. Our blood in our body will be stagnant. So this, this very clearly proves that Jesus' heart was pumping at that time. That is why there was a sudden flow of blood and water. And, and 
this this i mean the the piercing of the side and the flowing the gushing forth of the blood happened after they had declared him dead not before exactly exactly so they thought that he has already died they did not break his leg they just pierced him on the side with their spear and then blood and water gushed forth now it is very possible that this was a scheme of god that god wanted to save him he might have had a air bubble around his heart and that air bubble was filled with water and that uh, uh, air bubble of water was pierced by this and that spear actually saved his life otherwise he could have had an uh, uh, he could have died of embolism or something like that but uh, it is possible because of that and this is a question that has bothered christian doctors and christian theologians so the uh, the uh, the case study that i have mentioned in the beginning it it mentions that various christian theologians have uh, struggled that how can blood and water gush forth if a person is already dead and they have come up with various excuses so on and so forth but they they have they have to admit that a person who is dead blood and what blood does not suddenly flow a but blood does not gush out from a person who is dead so this is another very important uh, hint that we get from the bible that jesus was not dead when he was brought down and his legs were not broken like the other two uh, uh, other two criminals uh, and blood and water gushed forth proving that his heart was still pumping when he was uh, hit with a spear you you made a very interesting observation and um, from what you said you said in the grand scheme of god he wanted jesus christ to appear like one who is dead so that they wouldn't go further they wouldn't attempt further to kill him literally and um you mentioned that um it it is it i mean to pronounce a person dead it takes a medical you know medical doctor who is competent enough to you know feel the pulses and other things factors before they can see a person is dead in most cases we meet accident scene when we see people who are motionless and uh, we declare them dead but then when we take them you know to um, appropriate facilities in time they are able to be revived and then they come back to life and with the incident you mentioned the blood coming out i want our listeners to take this you know to the personal level that if you have any family member a family member who gets an accident and then you go to the scene you find the person your family member your brother or sister lying down motionless and um, people shouting that the person is dead but then while they are lifting him into the ambulance you see blood flowing you know gushing forth and people still insist that the person is dead are you going to support them that the person is dead or based on the evidence you see with the blood flowing or gushing forth and this one it was not something that dripping it said gushing forth are you going to support that the person is dead or not this is what i want us to bring to to you know to mind we are almost getting to the end of our program today and uh, i would ask you to give us some clue in the life of jesus christ after the crucifixion that tells that um he did not die on the cross and also tie it in with where he went if we accept all the factors you have given from the bible and also from medicinal point of view that he did not die where did he go so you can tie the two in within the shortest possible time okay so i will be try to be as quick as possible uh, so two points about after crucifixion that prove to us that jesus did not die point number 1 is in mark chapter 15 verse 44 it says 
Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus has already died. Meaning when he was taken down and when yeah. people, Jews came to him, he was really surprised. Now, this is a person who is in charge of doing this on a regular basis. He's in charge who gives crucifixion. And when it was told to them that Jesus is dead, he said, how is that possible? How can a person die so quickly? So Pilate was surprised to hear that he was dead. That is the one clue that I want to bring to our listeners' attention. Second is Jesus himself. In Luke chapter 24, it is mentioned in the first few verses, verses 1 to 5, 1 to 6, that Jesus rose from the tomb, that he got out of the tomb. Then later on in Luke chapter 24, it is mentioned that his disciples, they saw Jesus. Now what happened when they saw Jesus is very interesting. So I will start quoting now from Luke chapter 24, verses 37 onwards. It says, they, meaning the disciples, yeah. were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Now, according to the Christian belief, Jesus died in body and Jesus was resurrected in spirit. So if we believe the Christian theology, Jesus, when he was put on the cross, he was put as a human being. But when he was resurrected, he was resurrected as a spirit. So that's what the people thought, that they were startled and frightened, thinking that, this, that they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Jesus said to them, why are yeah. you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Very, very clear. I don't think it can get more clear than this. So he himself, he himself was disproving the fact that he did not die and of, for that matter he is not a ghost. Exactly. He is not a resurrected Jesus. He is re the same human being who knew before. He is of flesh and bones. So according to the whole Christian point of view, Jesus, he died as a human, but he was, rose, he, he was raised as a spirit and then he, uh, he ascended to God. But Jesus is very clear here that look, I have flesh and bones. I am the same person that we had before. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it out of joy and amazement, they did not believe it. Why? Because they were so happy that he's still alive. He asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Now, if he was already spirit, he should not be hungry. But he said, do you have anything to eat? I'm already hungry. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. So Jesus was still a human being on the third day when he was resurrected. He was made of flesh and bones. He still hurt. He still ate. So these are very clear points from cruc after crucifixion that tells us that Jesus did not die. So now to conclude this, uh, you asked me that if a person is willing to believe that Jesus did not die on the cross, but that he survived the cross, then where did Jesus go? So I would not have time to go into detail about this, about proofs of uh, what I'm about to say. But according to Bible, Jesus said that I have been sent to the lost sheep of the children of Israel. I've already mentioned that the lost sheep of the children of Israel refers to the 10 or 11 tribes who used to live in Jerusalem, who were taken into slavery by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And after the slavery ended, they did not return back to Jerusalem, but rather they dispersed towards east. So it is the belief of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community that after survival, Jesus went towards his actual mission, uh, which is to find the 10 lost tribes of children of Israel and to preach to them. And there are many, many proofs about that. Only one proof that I want to give is that in India, there is a lot of uh, St. Thomas is uh, believed to have reached here. Uh, there are many stories about uh, mother of Jesus, Mary, preaching India and Pakistan. And according to our belief, the belief of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, which we prove with various proofs from history, 
from Bible, from uh, uh, hist uh, from medical documents, etc., that Jesus traveled east in the search of the lost tribes of Israel, and he finally died a natural death, like any human being would do. And he's now buried in Srinagar, Kashmir, India. That is our belief. Thank you very much, Imam Talha Ali, for the wonderful, you know, exposition uh, on the uh, death of Jesus Christ. May peace be upon him. As Muslims, we hold Jesus Christ very dear to us. So um, to attribute um, the notion or the belief that he became a curse is something that no Muslim could ever entertain because we hold him very dear to us as a holy person and a holy prophet of God who could not have been subjected to this kind of humiliation. And I should say a very big thank you to Imam Talha for taking us through all this. And I would have wished to uh, go over almost all the crucial points he stated. But then time is always not our friend. And we have to draw the curtain on the program here. But then if you wish to um, send in any question, concern, or you need to know much about this program, you can contact us and we will send you some available literature. One of them is Death on the Cross. One of them is Jesus in India. And also there is a BBC documentary which was also published on this same topic, which affirms everything we have stated here. Until we come your way next time, uh, with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. A very big thank you to our listeners. May the good Lord keep and protect each one of us. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. And Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Salli ala karimina Salli ala muhammadin <Sings>